When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Punt Intended, a Fantasy NBA Dynasty podcast. I'm your host, Rhett Bauer, joined as always by my co-host, Travis Fuller. Hey, how you doing, Rhett? Uh, I'm starting to feel a bit better coming out of the out of the head cold that I had mid-July. It's really random, but doing a lot better and excited for another episode with you. Can't wait to get into what we're going to talk about today. But before we get started, we've had a lot of great feedback and we really appreciate it. Can't can't believe the support we're getting, but if you wouldn't mind, please giving us a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. Help us grow the show. Help us get more exposure. Helps us keep doing what we're doing, maybe get more episodes. And we've been getting a lot of trade feedback and requests and thoughts. And so we're going to do one right now. And this is a it's a 24-team league with big rosters to essentially mimic a 30-team. Nine cat head to head. Both teams are rebuilding. One of them is looking for depth. And so that team traded Shea Gilgis Alexander for Cam Reddish, Bismack Biombo, Vernon Carey, number 13 this year, number 39 this year, number 42 this year, and then two 2022 firsts, one of which is going to be early. So probably five was what he said it's projected to be. And then the other is a mid first. So 12 to 15, depending on how that team does. Trav, what do you think about this trade? So I always find these trades to be really comical. And it's because you, you always have one really solid player. And then it seems like you have a headline guy. And then it's just a bunch of random end of the bench guys picks. You just kind of throw everything you have at them and hope you get that really good player. And for me, I always side with quality over quantity. And I don't think this package is, is good enough for a guy like SGA, who we have ranked you know, close inside the top 15 um, or, or somewhere right around there. Basically, you're getting a guy like Reddish to headline the deal and then the picks that have some value to them, uh, depending upon that next year potential early first. But it's just not enough. I mean, SGA is, is young. He, he shot 50% last year. And he looks to be the real deal. And there's just isn't a player in here who that they all have that question mark next to them. And there isn't a player in here that has that tremendous upside. So it's, it's a definite pass to me. Keep SGA. And if you really want to get more depth, I can understand that. But just try and get a better deal and get some more quality players with a little bit more upside. When you're a rebuilding team, and it is a 24-team league with 30-man rosters, like not 30-man rosters, that's a lot, but to mimic a 30-team, so I think it's like 16-man rosters, 18-man rosters, something like that, you do need depth. But if you're rebuilding, you do not sacrifice a piece like SGA to get it unless you're getting depth inside the top 100. 
And that would, to me, would require two top 50 players and then probably another top 100, all that are under 25 if I'm going to be rebuilding. And that's just an extremely hard package to find. But you should also probably just keep SGA and try to turn any of the any of the other pieces on your team into depth. So this trade actually already happened and it happened before Reddish's blow up. So we can't even blame it on recency bias about <laughs> Reddish's game six. But yeah, so that's just a lesson to most of you out there. If you're in a league and you're trying to rebuild, first off, don't trade away top 20 assets for just a bunch of stuff, but also try to find the guys that have the top 20 assets and try to send them a bunch of stuff because you just might get lucky. We see this all the time. And that's why I laugh at them sometimes is you, you see, you'll have like six guys for one really good player. And it, it usually doesn't work out for the guy getting the multiple players and the multiple picks because you're just searching and you're just hoping to find that one guy pans out. And that one guy probably isn't going to be as good as SGA. So even if you are rebuilding, I can understand that, but SGA isn't going to lose value next year. He's not going to lose value in two years from now. So just hold tight. If you want to shop them, great, do so. But just just make sure you're not just selling short on them just because you want to get into that rebuild right away. Yep, exactly. But we also have a question. A guy on Twitter, Andrew, reached out to me and asked about a 10-team startup that he's trying to do for Dynasty and just looking to get a little bit of feedback. First off, if you're looking to set up a Dynasty League, check out Josh Lloyd's Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast the other day. He had a guy over from Fantasy Basketball International, B-Dub. Some of you guys may know him. He was on there talking about how to set up Fantasy Leagues. And then I actually made an appearance uh, for some ADP discussions. So go check those out. He has a lot of good stuff about how you should set up a Dynasty League. But for this case, he was asking, should we have a startup draft and then a separate rookie draft or add rookies into the startup? And my personal preference, because the league is small, I think even more so, you should have the rookies in the startup draft because if you don't, then think about what that means. So you're going to end up picking. You're going to have one through 10, and then you're going to snake. But whoever got that 10th pick and then the 11th pick is going to get the first overall pick in the rookie draft. And so that means that they're getting according to our rankings, three top 15 dynasty assets and the difference between one and 10 and 11, there is a difference. There's no doubt, but you can get Bam and Lamelo at that turn and then add Cade in the rookie draft. And that just doesn't spread it out very much. I think you should make somebody take Cade with one of their picks in the startup draft rather than having a rookie draft, at least for the start of things. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Yeah, I 100% agree. And the reason that we do the snake is because, you know, one in 20 in this case is supposed to be similar to 10 and 11. But on top of that, you're going to throw in Cade to but that. But one in 10 in a rookie <laughs> draft is not even at all. It is, is absolutely not even close. So I don't know how they're, if that is the case that they're just going to do backwards 10 gets first pick, 
uh, number one pick in the draft gets 10th in the rookie draft. I'm not sure. Even if you did a random order for that rookie draft, it's still not going to be fair. So I, I just don't see the harm in putting those players into the draft now. If you don't want to wait, you can always put the picks into the draft. So you exactly. just put you know, 1.1, 1.2 into the draft and have that as a draftable asset rather than just waiting until the NBA draft if you have a, a league that's really headstrong on drafting right now. And that was the other question he asked. He said, do we wait until after the NBA draft to know what teams these guys are on? And I said to take it one step further, a lot of people are going to be impatient. I know our 30-team league is getting very impatient. They want to know where they're drafting, and they want to draft now. But the NBA draft is going to change players' values, especially rookies when they go to either an ideal situation or a not-ideal situation. But then I also said to push it even further to free agency because that's going to drastically change – value and I know everybody's at the same disadvantage or advantage drafting without knowing what that's going to be but we have a lot of time until the season starts I would like to draft for next season with all of the information that's going to matter for next season which includes free agency and the NBA draft so at the very least wait until the NBA draft unless you're going to do you're going to put 1.1 1.2 in the draft without the player's name to it that that would be the only way I would not wait until the NBA draft to start uh, to start a startup draft with rookies in it. And to do it that way, it, it does make it a lot better, but even still, I would want to know where those rookies are going to be. And take for a perfect example is last year. A lot of people had Okongwu really high on their board. Yep. They're really excited to take him. And then he ends up going to the Hawks and he's behind Capella now for at least another couple years. And that really kind of hurts his value moving forward a little bit, you're not going to take him where you maybe normally would. If he would have gone to a different team where he's the starter right away, he's probably a top 70. If Detroit had taken him instead of Killian Hayes. Exactly. Yeah. He would have been, he blew up last year. He'd be in that top 70. We'd be, you know, all over him, but so that definitely can make a big difference. Now the talent's the same, so that doesn't change anything, but the opportunity does make a big difference on where we're going to rank these guys. So that's just something to keep in mind. And if you can wait till after the draft at the very minimum, I would encourage you to do so. But we, we understand if, if you don't want to wait, I, <laughs> I totally get it. I want to get in there. I want to know my pick. I want to know my team and I want to start trading right away. So scratch that itch. Just do some mock drafts and, and wait it out. Unless your league is huge into gambling, in which case you just go ahead and do that. But there you go. Today, we are talking about the third and final installation to my first Dynasty series over at hoop-ball.com, and that is Just Right. We did too cold, we did too hot, and now we're doing Just Right because that's how the story goes. So the idea here was that we're looking at the entire year-long rankings. We're not looking at a month, we're not looking at two months, but we want to find guys who finished this entire year, who had the year of a body of work in a manner that I think accurately reflects how they'll finish moving forward over the next couple of years, if not better. So for the most part, this is the floor for the guys that we're going to be talking about today. So first guy, my man, super underrated for fantasy dynasty, still somehow mm-hmm. bam Adebayo, who finished 19th this year. Yeah. I don't know if you did this on purpose when you're writing your article, but we really have a nice group of guys. And I just noticed this looking at it. You know, we have like the top 20 group, a, t- a guy in the top 30, a guy in the top 40. That was on purpose. You know, yes, I know what okay. I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I assume so. 
but I didn't know, but I had to ask. There are some guys in the article that are inside the top 10 as well, but they're just so obvious that we didn't want to talk about them. So anyways, go on. Anyway, nicely done there. Thank you. Thank you. So Bam's a guy, and you mentioned it, does seem to not get the respect around fantasy circles that he deserves. He made a lot of improvements last year, mainly in that free throw percentage. If you look at his shot, he has a nice smooth jump shot in college. He had a nice shot too from the free throw line as well. His form looks really good. And I think his free throw percentage is there to stay. And he shoots a decent amount of them too. So that's really important as well. He was over five free throws a game. So it's important that he can maintain that 78 to 80% from the line. And we think he can. And if he can do that, his across the board stats are going to be there. He's a, like a six cat contributor. Um, and, and the big thing, I just mentioned this to you before the show was last year, he had five assists per game coming into this year. You didn't really know, is that legit? Is he that, you know, is he a playmaker? Like, cause he had that good of vision and he did it again. So, uh, yep. you, you know, that's for real, that's legitimate for him. And I can easily see him being a top 20 player for years to come. Exactly. Last year he was 44th overall, but he shot. from the line this year, 19th overall, same minutes, increased his points. uh, And he shot 80% from the line. So that's a huge improvement, obviously made a big difference in his overall ranking, but I just, Bam just does everything. Mm -hmm. The only thing that he did not do this year at an above average rate was threes because he didn't hit any. And then he was slightly below average in turnovers. He was above average in points at at 19 a game, above average rebounds, despite going down in rebounds this year. Uh, He was at nine rather than 10 last year. 5.3 assists, slight increase. 1.2 steals, slight increase. One block, slight decrease from last year. And then 56% from the field, which is another slight increase. So it's just like he's just making improvements year after year after year. And this is only his second year as a starter. So I would we just did a 30 team mock draft and bam went 15th in that mock draft. And that's an absolute steal. I there's, there's no way in my opinion that bam should be going anywhere outside the top 10 in dynasty startups. And even in redraft, he shouldn't be leaving the top 20 because I think that top 20 is the floor for him and that he should probably end up in the top 10 sooner rather than later as he continues to develop his percentages and uh, keeps those stocks high. And his role is secure. And that's huge. It's not going anywhere, especially for big men. We've, we've talked about other guys where they're really good fantasy players, but we don't know what their role is going to be moving forward. He's not going anywhere. The heat love him. He, he kind of is that identity that the heat want is, you know, hardworking players really good on the defensive end. So he's not going anywhere and he shouldn't be going anywhere if you have him on your team. And he's only 24. So let's, let's just keep that in mind as well. The next player we're going to talk about coming into this year, you would not have said he had a solidified role. And that was really frustrating for some people, but he got the starters load that people have been demanding. He finished 28th overall in nine cat. And I don't see that changing at all moving forward or at least getting worse. And that's Michael Porter jr. Yeah, I agree with you there again, top 30. I I think that's easily doable if he's getting 30 minutes and we're not going to have Jamal Murray at the start of the year. And that's going to be able to allow him to start the year off hot, get that ranking up early. So even if he does fade a little bit when Murray returns, 
he's still going to be able to to finish in that top 30-ish range. He's really good percentages. He was shown the ability to shoot the ball, boards. Um, he's kind of a sneaky block guy as well for a wing player. So, and if you just watch him, he just, I mean, the guy just looks like he knows what he's doing out there. He is he's a just basketball a baller. player. He is. <laughs> Uh, he's it's just such a silky shot. I love watching him. He's one of my probably one of my favorite players to watch right now. Hopefully he can stay healthy for us. That's that's the biggest question mark, right? That is the only thing that gives anybody pause. He is only 23, so like you have some time, but that was his drawback heading into the draft was his health and it kind of still is, but he played 71 games this year. That's insane. In a season that's been riddled with injuries, he missed one game. And I'm a, I would guess that he's probably in the top 15 of games played this year for, for starters, just because everybody seemed to miss time. I mean, he's such a unique player for fantasy in that the only things he's a real negative in is assists. And we talked about it during the punt episode. Punting assists is tough. It's not tough if you have Michael Porter Jr. because you're getting elite points, elite threes, above average rebounds, decent. He's got .7 steals, which isn't great. .8 blocks, which isn't – it's good for a wing, but just generally not great. But those percentages, 53 from the field and 79 from the line, 79 from the line is low for him. And then 1.3 turnovers, and and the volume is decent everywhere. You know he's going to get shots because especially early on, Denver needs him to. And those blocks are actually kind of low for what I think he can do. I think he could easily be a, a, a two one one, so two threes, one steal, one block with great percentages. He's somebody that I would have a very strong bet that he will be top thirty or better. And that leads us into our new thing that we're doing, and that's our my bookie bet of the day. Michael Porter Jr. top thirty per game. Let's just say per game because that go. gets that gets That'll the totals. Your bases. <laughs> that gets the totals out of there. On my bookie bet of the day is Michael Porter Jr. as a top thirty finish over the next couple of years. Go to my bookie. They have the best odds, the best contests, the best lines, everything. It's very simple. Sign up, enter the promo code Hoopball H O O P B A L L, and get your deposit match halfway up to a thousand bucks. Bet with the best. Bet with my bookie. The next guy, I grouped them all together in the article. Michael Porter Jr., OG Ananobi, McCall Bridges. We've talked about McCall a lot lately with his ranking and all that stuff. So we're going we're gonna to let him share the spotlight a little bit with, with my guy, OG Ananobi, who, as a Pacers fan, I cannot tell you how frustrating it is to see OG Ananobi be a stud coming out of Indiana University and uh, the team having passed on drafting him to take TJ Leaf, who was salary dumped and did not play for the Portland Trailblazers at all. So you talk about OG. I'm going to get a Kleenex and cry myself to sleep a little bit. <laughs> Do you have a July cold as well? Yeah, that's what it is. It's allergies. <laughs> n- nothing else. Yeah. OG, talk about a guy that made a, a big leap this year. And I don't even think it was anything really to do with his skill set. It was more just usage base and confidence and just getting better as a player. And the Raptors knew what they had in him. And they were able to get that out of him this year. So I 100% agree. I think his floor is easily top 50. And I think he can do better. And, and we have him in that top 40. And I agree with that. That's exactly where I would put him. He made big strides, started to score the ball better, shot from three a lot better. Went from 1.3 threes last year to 2.4. So he ganged a, a three per game. And his field goal percentage really didn't dip from last year. So he's still really efficient. Free throw percentage got better, which tells me that he's more confident in that shot. 
And then the usage, she saw a huge spike in usage. And that's something that he might even be able to increase and get better at this year as that usage goes up and his stats across the board can stay the same or get better with hopefully Lowry being gone. That's the thing to me is I, I talked about it with Josh while we were talking about OG as an ADP of, I think it's like in the forties or something like that. OG got a lot of opportunity to close the year to handle the ball and do more things with the ball, scoring, facilitating all that stuff. And he handled it. Well, you mentioned that his stats stayed about the same, but just in just gradually increased with the minutes increase. Cause he was at 29.9 minutes last year. So this year at 33.3, just a, 2.4 minute increase which isn't that much but mm-hmm. to go up almost six points to go up over a three a half an assist his steals went up just barely and then he maintained his field goal percentage a little bit he was at 51 percent last year which you know he's taking eight shots a game so that's pretty low volume but this year he was at 48 percent on 12 shots a game so to see just a very slight decrease in field goal percentage despite shooting 50 percent more shots and then you mentioned his free throw percentage. He got up to 78% this year, which is better than 71 last year, better than 58 the year before that, and 47 the year before that. So OG is just, he is improving. And he's another player that you absolutely want to have for that punt assist, even though he's at 2.2 assists a game, which was an increase. He was 37th this year per game. I... I think that's his floor pretty easily with the, with the elite assists he gets and just his overall game. We talked about three and D players are generally going to be ranked higher, even though they don't do anything exceptionally well because they just contribute across the board with good percentages. But I think OG next year could get closer to 18 points a game. It's going to get over two and a half threes, going to get closer to six boards, seven boards, going to get maybe three assists. And then those steals stay up. He even got 0.7 blocks, which is, again, really good for a wing. I just think he's he's such a good player and somebody that I'm definitely trying to have in Dynasty Leagues for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And he's, and he's a guy, he's exactly what you want to see from a prospect. Just a guy that's slowly gotten better year after year, took advantage when he's given more minutes, more usage, and he's still got room to grow. So that's awesome. And, and he's only a, 24. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And it's just a nice reminder that, don't give up on prospects too soon. You know, if you're really confident in a guy, especially in a, a guy that's super athletic like OG was, it's it's a nice reminder to not give up too soon because these guys, you have to remember they're when they're drafted, they're only 19 years old, 20 years old, and they're they're getting better. They'll they're, and OG's a perfect example of that. Slowly improving, his shot just got better and better each year, and now you're going to re- reap the benefits from it. And I'm telling you what, if there's one team. Like probably Toronto's top five, as far as player development goes. Absolutely. And with the way that it looks like Toronto might be going, staying a little bit younger, Lowry walking, taking a top five pit pick and putting it in the fold. OG's role is not going anywhere. We talked about it with McCall. They're very, very similar players as in terms of playing the exact position, the league values so highly and being elite defensively while you're at it. I think OG is probably a little bit better than McCall. And he's a year younger. So that's why his ranking, I mean, he was better this year for fantasy, but I just mean his overall player. I think he's going to get more opportunity to do things this year. And I'm really, really excited to see what he does as uh, even though I, I regret he's not doing it for the Pacers. (laughs) The Pacers can't have everybody. 
you know what, you're absolutely right. But we can have this next player, and that's Karis LeVert, who was on the Indiana Pacers after about nine games with Brooklyn. Uh, he came over to Indy and missed 28 games with his kidney uh, renal cell. And 56, I think you said you were going to push back on this. What do you, uh, what do you think about LeVert at 56 as a floor moving forward? I, I don't like that as a floor. He would be one I'm really nervous about. about. I would not choose him as are my bookie bet because I, <laughs> or look, maybe the other way you'd bet he's not the yeah. 56th. Yeah. It, and you've mentioned how the Pacers have given their starters a lot of run their minutes really high over True. the past couple of years that they, they just give their starters a lot of run. Like, you know, like t- some guys just do that. Tibbs is probably the poster boy for it, but yes, <laughs> we don't know what the, their new coaching staff is, is going to implement. They might use the bench a little bit more throughout the regular season. I think me and you can both agree that they'd be better off if they use their bench a little bit more, especially during yep. the regular season. And adding to the fact that hopefully the Pacers can stay healthy this year, get Warren back, get a healthy Domas, get a healthy Turner if they are still there. I think his usage is going to slip down a little bit. I'm, I'm not sold on that free throw percentage being over 80%. If you look at his career, he's closer to 70% than 80. So I, I do foresee that dropping a little bit. Now, as we just mentioned, OG getting better and better and better. I'm not saying Levert, I guess could do the same, but he has a little bit larger sample size from the free throw line than, than OG has had in the past. So I, I I don't foresee him shooting 80% again. I think his usage goes down. And with that, a lot of those counting stats will go down a smidge. And if you don't have good efficiency, we've seen that in the past, it really affects your rankings. If you don't have good efficiency from the field or from the free throw line, it can really devalue you in the rankings. For sure. And Levert is 27, but he's kind of a young 27. I guess really, not really. This was his fifth year in the league. So he came in the league late. He is a career 71% free throw shooter. So this year's 81% is the anomaly. Uh, he's also a career like 43% field goal shooter. So 44% is kind of in line with that, but he did have 28% usage, which is very high. And that's without TJ Warren. So I can understand some of the concern there. The 1.4 steals is a career high for him, but it was also on the back of a career high 31.6 minutes, which I think is doable. I don't think that's crazy high like Brogdon's 35 and Domas is 36. So I do think he stays around that 31 minute mark, but obviously adding Warren in is going to change is going to change the math a little bit. I just think the Pacers are going to need Lavert to do what he does as a shot creator and play finisher. And he even had 5.2 assists this year, which was pretty good. So there is a chance that he goes down with some of those counting stats goes down. But I think along with that is an efficiency bump, at least in field goal percentage that, might do just as much to, to float that value as, uh, as what his inflated counting stats may have done this year. It, he does kind of feel like a young 26. Right. I, I realized I was saying league. that and I was wrong. Like that's not really true, but, <laughs> but he seems like it because he, he's either been injured or, you know, in Brooklyn, he was never really a guy that they gave a lot of run to. I know he got, yeah. you know, 26 plus minutes a game, but it just didn't seem like they trusted him to, to play a lot alongside their starters. He, a lot of his time was just kind of towards the end of the game where guys got hurt, where he got to step in and have a little bit higher usage. And that's, that's again, just my only concern with, with him on the Pacers is 
he's going to have to share it a lot more if they're healthy. So that, that would be my only concern with him. And if he's not efficient along with having to spread the ball around a little bit more, I don't yeah. think he'll be a top 60 guy, but still very useful as, as he can contribute a little bit everywhere. Absolutely. And I, I will say, I believe we touched on it with Sabonis a little bit, maybe not, but the defensive scheme that Nate Bjorkman was having them play had Sabonis out on the perimeter a ton, obviously because they're playing with Miles, he's playing with Miles Turner. And so that was super aggressive, inflated his steals to 1.2 a game on top of 36 minutes a game. So that was unrealistic. But if you look at Lavert's career, he had 1.2, 1.1, 1.2 steals and about 27, 28 minutes a game. So him getting two more minutes and him getting up to 1.4 steals is not that crazy which I think is really going to help his value stay that stay as high as it is. Even if they do change defensive schemes, he only played played a couple of those games with Brooklyn and that just lines up with his career. So I think that there's some argument to maintain that. And he's just a, he's just an overall contributor, you know, five boards, Mm -hmm. five assists, 1.4 steals with two threes. And and the 20 points I can, I can almost guarantee you that goes down but I think he'll be 16, 17. So I don't think there'll be that much of a regression. I wouldn't be surprised if he finished worse than 56, if that free throw percentage drops down, but I would say he's, I would say he's a top 75, top 70 player pretty easily. Yeah. That's, and that's going to be his story. He's inside the top 60. If his efficiency stays up in both percentages, if they drop a bit, he'll be outside. But regardless, I don't think you're going to care too much when he's getting you five boards, five assists and one and a half steals on top of exactly the points and all that other good stuff. So exactly. And again, he's 27, but that means he's in the prime of his career and should be, he's got a role that's not going anywhere on the Pacers. Even if the shots do go down, he's going to get minutes. He's going to be an important piece for the Pacers. I can assure you. So that's our just right. That's our just right podcast. There are a couple guys that we did not talk about today that are in the article uh, a couple that we've been kind of hard on recently uh that we didn't want to keep just we didn't we didn't yeah, want we that didn't, negativity yeah we didn't anymore. want to just keep bringing that negativity to this guy because he is a decent <laughs> basketball player good fantasy player but there's also a couple guys that we absolutely love that we decided not to make this entire podcast about so if you would and you have the fantasy pass go check it out if you don't have the fantasy pass I would highly recommend it, not just for my stuff, but for all of the other stuff that we put out over at Hoopball. It's only $5 a month. You pay the $5, you get your month's worth of content. I, I can almost promise you, I should have made that the MyBookie bet of the day, that it's $5 worth of content in there just because of all of the stuff we're putting out right now for Dynasty, not to mention all of the other team stuff. So go check that out. Go check out our Dynasty rankings. We did a podcast about that last time. Tons of stuff out there. We'll be updating them kind of soon because I, I'm realizing as I'm looking at them that like I need to change some of these rankings around because they just don't don't reflect how I feel. So we'll probably discuss that a little bit and definitely update them here in a couple of weeks when the NBA draft comes through. Yeah, and a lot of that is the great feedback that we have gotten. Yeah. And that, like I said, when we ended that uh, last podcast on our rankings, if if you have an argument for or against the guy, let us know. We do take that into account. We discuss it and that might move a guy up or down our boards a little bit. So you're not going to push us over, but when Josh was talking about <laughs> Darius Garland unlocked on fantasy, it's like, yeah, you know, he should probably be up that high. Cause I think that's where he finishes in a redraft league, let alone in a dynasty league. So 
send us all of your questions. We've got so many trade thoughts being sent to us that we'll probably start doing a mailbag here pretty soon just because there's so many interesting trades, so many different avenues to start looking at. So we'll probably start doing that. Make sure you get your questions in so you can be a part of that and hear our thoughts live. Find me on Twitter at Rhett underscore Bauer, R-H-E-T-T underscore B-A-U-E-R. Find Travis at Travis underscore Fuller 92. We would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for checking in. We'll talk to you again next time. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.